Can I do the intro? Go for it. Hey guys, welcome back. I am April, hanging out with my two goofs, friends, buddies. Nick Ferry, you can find him at nickferry.com. And then Jay Bates at jayscustomcreations.com. What's going on, guys? And this is the Woodworking Podcast, if anyone's oh, interested. Oh, darn it. I knew I forget something. This is the, <laughs> the Woodworking Podcast. Yeah, not available in all areas. Check your local iTunes for a podcast. <laughs> Check your local SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, so how's everyone doing today? Good, good. Hey, am I supposed to read off names? Yep, you're supposed to go right into the Patreon thing. Okay, thanking the big Patreons. Thank you to all of our Patreons, by the way. Um, I'm so discombobulated. <laughs> okay, not on the right page. Okay, thank you. Uh, big thank you to the top three Patreons. Uh, Michael Gillitster, Louis Uberg, and Jim Jardine. Thank you very much. I totally, sh- I totally should have. You totally, totally should have. I totally should have added a, uh, a just like a made-up name, you know, like Stuart Padasso or something, and then had you read it. <laughs> Next, well, you shouldn't have given yourself away. Hey, by the way, I I read a joke the other day. You want to hear it? What's that? Go for it. Um, what do you call a sleepwalking nun? A Roman Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Roman, get it? Because she's Roman around. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, I bet she could have like a theme song, like that nun keeps Roman, Roman, Roman. She just keeps Roman <laughs> and praying. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, you don't you don't want to get into nun jokes. It's a, it's a bad habit. Ah ha ha! Knee slap. <laughs> uh, I I would tell one, but I don't. Well, I'm trying to think of how to word that, but I don't know none. That you can't doesn't... tell any appropriate ones? Here, no. I'll finish the <laughs> sentence for you. <laughs> I, I would say one, but I don't have, I, I have none. Okay, uh, I, that's, got one. That's I got what I, was going for. <laughs> <laughs> I got none. Go for it. One more? Sure. Okay, what did the zero say to the eight? We're talking about numbers here. The zero oh, okay. say to the eight. The zero say to the eight. I have no idea. Nice belt. <laughs> nice belt. <laughs> yeah, because it looks like he's cinched in at the waist. <laughs> he's looking over at him like, oh, yeah, well, nice belt. <laughs> All right, enough of my dumb jokes. What's going on, guys? What are y'all working on? <laughs> um, trying to A get response. back into... Yeah, a response. I'm trying to get back into the swing of things, and I've had... This is the first week of, of shop week, getting back into the shop and, and doing stuff without, uh, it was a little bit last week, but a lot of life stuff happened. So this week is, has been kind of busy and chaotic as well, but uh, finally got the new dust collector installed in the absolute worst, tightest, crammed corner you could possibly put one in. I cannot believe you got it in there. I saw it on Instagram. Oh, man. Uh, big thanks to uh, Wayne Brown for helping me out with the install. You know, I I, um, I looked at the FedEx shipping bo- uh, shipping labels or whatever all that stuff is and looked at the box weights and I was like, oh, that's, that's not that heavy. Oh, that's not that heavy. You know, I should be able to handle it. No problem. But the only location in my shop that it actually makes sense for it to be in is the same corner as the last dust collector. Um which is, you know, you got the garage door rails in the way that um, 
over the garage door storage shelf that I built. That's in the way I had to chop off like six inches of it and relocate the furthest most uh, vertical support for it. And um, man, it, it was just a lot of it wouldn't be bad at all if you just stick it on a just a straight section of wall. But because of the location, because you only had access to one side and you had obstacles in the way, it was just, it was rough. That's that's the best way to put it. It was just rough. Um, but we finally got it all installed. It is really close to the ceiling, which allows me to use a 55-gallon drum or 55-gallon barrel for the dustbin. And uh, today, I wasn't expecting to have any shop time, but I squeezed away a little bit and uh, got the first... I'd say the first quarter of the dust collection system complete. Very um, cool. So you're in, installing or laying pipe, huh? <laughs> yes, insert jokes here. I am laying the pipe. I won't I, I make any jokes. I, I wasn't joking. I was you were you were showing a picture of your of your uh, green pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh anywho, um without expanding upon that, um I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I'm totally lost. <laughs> what uh, what what dust collector did you go with? The Clearview CV1800. So uh, I did a lot of research on capturing the dust, making the air quality a lot better here in the shop, and of course that led me to um, why can I not remember the guy's name? Bill Pence. Pence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all of his documentation on it, and read a bunch of that, and. Um, basically what the upgrade will allow me to do is have twice the rated CFM at the collector. And then hopefully this system itself should be much more efficient than my last system, which I never really sealed off hardly any of the pipes. So this pretty much guarantees it should be a lot more efficient. Uh, so my goal is to have quite a bit more suction at every single one of the tools and, just by the amount of the larger diameter pipe, like a six inch diameter pipe is equivalent to two four inch diameter pipes. So I'll have six inch going to every single one of the tools. And then like the bandsaw is going to switch um, to Y off into two dedicated four inch one for the port, the makeshift port that I made below the table. And then I'm going to I think I'm going to use the, I've got the Rockler dust right hose, the real expandable one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's right where I'll wall, I will wall mount that. But when I use the bandsaw, I will use it as the like overarm, the, the, the top dust collection. So I can capture right at the, um, the cutting point, cutting point of the blade. And then when I'm not using the bandsaw, it'll just hang on the wall or whatever. Then I could use it to sweep up as well. And then, yeah, the table saw is going to have a full six-inch port going to it. Uh, it'll it'll reduce into two fours as well. And then, um, yeah, the one I'm most excited about is the miter saw. I, I made some wings to go on the sides of the miter saw to kind of direct the airflow with the last system closer towards the blade, and that made a big improvement with the the amount of dust that did not stay on the front side of the blade. So between that improvement plus this much greater CFM, uh, the the miter saw should be a heck of a lot better than what it was. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how well that that one performs. And so, are you going to do anything as far as on your face? 
like a respirator or one of those air shields. <laughs> nope, I'll, How are you I was born. Fix your face, Jay. I was born with this. You just gotta. Let's see. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> now, are you going to uh, like wear any sort of? What are those things that the? I think it's called the air shield. Yeah, the trend right? air shield. I contem- I contemplated using it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I have gotten in the habit since the surgery, obviously, of of wearing my respirator out here more often. Really, that's, mm-hmm. that's just what I needed to be doing from the beginning. Just wear the darn respirator. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I may look into the, the trend thing. I, it, it's it's that 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 price is just a little bit off putting right now. Mm-hmm. What are, what are they? I don't even know. What do they run? Um, I think three fifty. Yeah, three fifty, four hundred, <laughs> something like that. All right. But yeah, that is pricey. Yeah. Well, so is uh. Uh, medical bills for not being able to breathe and all that stuff. Yeah, respiratory infections or problems, clogged up lungs. I mean, but your your nose uh, septum, deviated septum, wasn't due to dust in the shop, right? It was just... No, it was, uh, as far as he could tell, it was a long-term issue that happened sometime when I was a kid, and then it just, pro- it just um, promoted growth in the wrong direction. So it just escalated, but the dust environment had nothing to do with it. Um, that uh, I did have some sinus issues, and it's it's hard to tell, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg, kind of thing, as far as all of this stuff. However, I do have uh, some sinus issues. I went and got tested, and I've got like seventeen different allergies. All of them are really low, so I don't have like crazy allergies. But um, and, and I'm starting to what is it called? The immunization shots, where you they they it's a series of shots that build up your immunity to stuff. So, uh, yeah. Step are those, towards are the, right those the shots that as soon as you start them, there's like, you cannot stop them. There's well, like I, five of them or something. I think that's heroin. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, no. Somebody was telling me about being like really committed about taking some sort of shots that will grow you immune for a certain like time period, like something crazy, like 10 or 15 years to something you're allergic to. But the problem is, is that you really just have to be, committed to the idea of taking the shots on whatever the schedule is because you once you start them you can't stop and i forget what it what I, it was i was oh i i don't know anything about that i they didn't um oh, okay. they didn't th- i mean they went over a ton of information and, and that wasn't anything that they said um but my my wife does the or used to it anyways uh in like middle school and high school because she's allergic to like just about every type of like grass there is and she she did a regular basis shots thing, but I have I have no idea what what that was all about. I just know it was for allergies. Mm. Yeah, but since the surgery, it's it's just been night and day better. Like everything's just been better as far as respiratory issues, and and I haven't really had any major reactions to sinus sinus issues like I previously would have. So anyway, it, it was it was it was fantastic decision to get that done and behind me and and yeah. Just all that stuff's behind me. Hopefully, I'm, I'm I'm excited to be back in the shop and making stuff. Cool. So, what's on your list after you get the dust collection? What do you, like? What are you actually gonna first make? The first thing is hopefully within the next week and a half, I will be headed back to Jackson to get some more hickory. And my wife and I decided on making a set of living room tables. So, two end tables, a coffee table, and maybe a new sofa table but all of which are going to be the exact same style as my dining table. So it's going to match quite well and kind of flow throughout the house. And we think we're going to keep this theme going throughout. I 
originally wanted to do, well, my wife originally wanted some storage for the coffee table. So we talked about making, we, we discussed this previously, like a blanket chest style coffee table. And you said I've already made 11 blanket chests, no more blanket chests. Yes. And we've, <laughs> we've hopefully gotten off of that topic and hopefully we're just back to the normal normal tables but that's where it is right now that's going to be the next major project i do want to make i I keep saying i'm going to make these these chisel handles but for some reason yeah for some reason or another i get out here to do something and something else happens and haven't gotten around to doing it so as soon as this dust collection is done i think i'm going to knock that out because it's going to be a quick project i can knock out those in probably two hours while recording it and have all five done so hopefully i can get that done sooner rather than later but yeah the next major project is going to be the the living room tables cool when you just when you were just talking about uh, picking up some hickory i don't know why I, I don't know why i thought of this but i saw in <clears throat> on instagram a while back uh when we had that whole round to it discussion on the podcast about just making a little circle and it like t-u-i-t out of a circle or oval and then haha when i get around to it well you, sh- you should make a little sign routed out that says uh dickory dock and then make it out of hickory and when people ask say that's my hickory dickory dock (laughs) (laughs) that's funny (laughs) that'd be totally something i would do just to have in the shop as a conversation piece oh my goodness i just now got an email reminding me that i have to go to atlanta tomorrow thank goodness for itinerary check-ins you know hey you've got to go to atlanta tomorrow (laughs) yeah thanks for reminding me (laughs) april what are you what are you doing tomorrow um, I'm going to Atlanta. Where, oh, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to one of the Rockler stores on Saturday. Um, I, Where's that? I thought it was in next next Saturday. Actually, I knew it was. It was. I just didn't realize that what today was Thursday, if that makes any sense. It's in Kennesaw, Kennesaw, Georgia, Where? right outside of Atlanta. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'll be flying into Atlanta. Actually, Kevin Miller, y'all know him. Yeah. Uh, He's still in Atlanta. So, and then also uh, Brew, Wood Brew, Dylan and Molly are going to be in town uh, coming to the store as well. So, get to see a few familiar faces. What is Kevin doing in Atlanta for business? Yeah, he comes like, I think every three weeks or something. Oh, well, I, I had to do some flying not too long ago and I'm, I'm really not liking flying much anymore. You and Jay are on the same team. I, uh... Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm not I'm not I'm not liking it. We had a lot of turbulence, and it was, which is weird because I I never had a problem two years ago. Of course, then I didn't fly nearly as often. But maybe it's I don't know existentialism kicking in as I get older. But what is existential? I can't even say it. Uh, just the your your meaning in life, your existence and oh. mortality kind of factors in. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I my mind gets racing and. I can probably end up scaring myself when it comes to some of that stuff. But Interesting. Is that why you drive everywhere? Well, I don't drive everywhere. Well, I, I flew out to Virginia and then I it was it was the flight was so unbelievably terrible that I ended up driving back and got stuck on the Pennsylvania turnpike in a snowstorm deadlocked traffic for four hours. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I, hate, I hate traffic. There's few things in this world that get me as frustrated as just sitting standstill in a vehicle, especially because I'm on the move. So I'm actively wanting to be somewhere else. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like just sitting on, you know, your couch. 
one of my friends that owns a, a BMW dealership said that I think I think it's a quote from BMW, but um, it's not about the destination; it's the journey. I always kind of tried to live by that because you 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 know you want to you know reach that final goal, whether it's a, a, a financial goal in your life or a, a destination geographically or whatever. But enjoy the ride, you know, between life and death, and and just have a good time. It's it's the journey that sometimes you know is the fun part. These life tips brought to you by Nick Ferry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I immediately got back, and my mom was like, "Well, what do you got to do if you got to go to the bathroom?" And I'm like, "I did three times." <laughs> she goes, "Where'd you go?" I'm like, "Just hopped out of the car and went." I said, "It's it's awesome being a guy." <laughs> <laughs> she goes, "What? Uh, she, what did she say? Something like, well, 'Well, aren't you worried somebody's going to see you?'" And I'm like, "If they want to look at me, that's their prerogative." I said, I got to go. My eyeballs were turning yellow. <laughs> anyway, so what are you working on, Nick? Yeah, what are you working on, Nick? <laughs> Besides scaring innocent people on the highway. <laughs> well, first I wanted to say something. Uh, Instagram, I was live on Instagram the other day. April caught a little bit of it. And I forget who said it, and I knew I was going to forget who said it, but I thought it was absolutely hilarious. But April and I had that Cowboys-Packers bet that um, <clears throat> April lost. And um, <laughs> get it in there. <laughs> <laughs> but with, with her moving in her shop, a guy said, "Wow, she she really takes losses bad. She had to hang that Packers flag in her shop, and she couldn't stand it, so she sold the damn house." <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not like, even joking. I'm taking. I I brought it to my new shop, or I brought it with me so that I can hang it up. I love it because I have the paint and the stain and my little uh, notepad listing on it. So I'm, I'm going to hang it up somewhere. I just think it's hilarious. I just, yeah, I thought that that was pretty funny. But uh, no, what I'm, I don't have a whole lot of new news in the shop, but I went to go out there today and my uh, natural gas heater is on the fritz again. And the one that you just installed? No, no. This is like a, a Modine style, but I don't think it's the Modine brand. It could be. I don't know. But uh, it was about, I don't know. I think I mentioned on the podcast about a month ago, I went out there and there was a funky smell and it was cold. And so I kind of tore it apart a little bit. And my buddy's an HVAC uh, tech. So he came over and of course it was intermittent. We go to fire the heater up and it works perfectly. And so, but he's coming over this upcoming Tuesday because we do a once a month guys night out sushi. And, uh, I said, I you want to swing come. over to my house a little bit early and take a look at this heater again. So, because it's, it's been dipping below zero degrees where that mini split doesn't, you know, work below that overall with the mini split could not be happier, but this, you know, I need this for when it gets bone chillingly cold, but yeah, of course it's on the fritz now. I mean. Those things never seem to break in July. <laughs> no. Well, it's because you're not using them in July. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. So anyways, yeah, that's why I haven't been out to the shop a whole ton on that um, for that reason. But uh, yeah, just just keep plugging away at stuff. That's yeah. I got a bunch of projects. My mom, I don't know if she just got like crafty or all of a sudden, but... She's been on, whether it's Pinterest or whatever, and saying, oh, can you, come spring, can you make this herb garden? Can you make this planter box? Can you make, and I, it's almost impossible for me to say no to my mom. So I, I already got a list of like five things that she wants me to make. Well, good. You got to keep mama happy. So April, you've got a new little brass project thingy. What is I that? I do. 
Y'all remember me telling y'all about this a few weeks ago? Yeah. I don't know if it made any sense, but I'm trying to make a keychain where it's a it's a like a miniature axe, and I want the head of the axe to be made from brass, which I com- successfully completed today. And then I'll make the handle out of wood tomorrow. Well, I can't tomorrow because I'm going to Atlanta. But whenever I come <laughs> back. <laughs> well, if if you're doing a mini axe, I have to I have to bring up this question that we had. It's more of a comment, but I like how the guy started it. And he said, hey, Japeril Ferry. Hey, I, okay. So three in one name. I thought that was kind of cool. But he was he was basically talking about the uh, measure twice, cut once thing, because he did the same thing you did on an axe handle as well. Oh, really? And that, yeah, and that was from Kevin Moulart. So the deal is uh, two mistakes. Um, whenever I was making that handle, I didn't realize that the head was directional. For some reason, I just I took the head off and it never even occurred to me to see if there was an upside and a downside to it. And I've, I've used axes before, but I've just never, I guess, paid close enough attention to it. But then the entire time that I was shaping the handle, I was holding it backwards and I was feeling it like this is the way that it's supposed to be held. So I just I didn't even realize that I was holding it backwards. I definitely should have checked that. So whenever I didn't even notice it until I put it on Instagram, I completed the project. And it wasn't until I got a few messages very politely, though, I do commend (laughs) everybody for just being so like tactful about it. They were like, I'm not I'm not trolling you You did a good job. However, (laughs) it is backwards. And also, uh, it's upside down. (laughs) But well, you could have saved that for like an April Fool's video and just call it like an Australian axe. I was going to call it a goofy because whenever you skateboard, you it's whenever you ride with the opposite foot forward than the yeah. conventional. So I was just going to call it a goofy axe. But, <laughs> you know, like the wedge didn't go in there very deep. I didn't do a really great job cutting the eye anyways. So I was like, sorry, my dogs are barking. Um, I, I actually snowboard goofy foot. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, you're a lefty, huh? Yep. So that makes sense. It does. <laughs> but yeah, so this little this little brass, I'm really happy with the way that it came out. But man, has it been so in order to make this, I wanted to make it from the doorknobs from my from the house that we're selling or actually just sold. And so stripped down the doorknobs, they're made from brass. I figured out how to make a foundry. I made two of them. Um using two different methods. And then I also figured out the sand casting process where I made my own green sand which I don't recommend. I recommend just buying it because it's cheap enough and apparently it performs way better. But I made my own green sand and then I went through the melting of the brass handles today and then made the uh, made the mold, made the casting, and then I just now polished this down and shaped it to where I want it. So tomorrow I'll make the handle. Anyways, I'm excited that it's a, it's like a big, long plan coming together, you know? Yeah, it looks good so far too. Thanks, thanks. How's the uh, modulus of elasticity on there? What does that mean? What is he saying? <laughs> People, help me out here. Young's modulus. We got a thesaurus. Thesaurus. <laughs> when it comes to metallurgy. No, I just I was just throwing that in there just to be a goof. But no, it's just the stresses involved in, in metal for like I-beams and stuff like that. When you drop them and... It's it's a foundry joke. If anyone else is like into metallurgy that's listening, they'll be like, "Yeah, that was funny." Oh, and then okay. they'll move and then they'll move along with their day. I got Everyone it. else will just be like, "Somebody cut him off." Yeah. That's amazing information, Nick. We appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> how how much are you going to polish it though? You just took it to the belt sander to get it to where it's at now? 
what I did is I shaped it using a cross between a rotary tool, like a Dremel. And mm -hmm. primarily, though, that was taking way too long. So I just, yeah, I used my belt sander with some 60 grit sandpaper on it, shaped it up nice and uh, what I thought was really quick and easy. And then I did 220 and then went up to 400 and then to a a, a, a polishing wheel, yeah. I guess it's called, wheel. on the on, on the Dremel with some, is it called Rue or the... Uh, Rouge. Rouge, thank you. Yeah, with some with some rouge. So it's my first time polishing metal. So I don't know if it's the kind of the same process, but I've been I've been spraying it with a water bottle to do like a wet sanding, just because I found that it doesn't clump up the paper as much with whatever. I guess the gray stuff that's coming off is just imperfections or impurities in the brass. Like as you sand, it turns black. Yeah, you could you could you almost have that with pure stuff. I mean. As far you know, if you got pure gold, the filings will be you know gold colored. But yeah, there's it's always going to look dark. That's why any any polishing area is just covered in black, just mm -hmm. compound and soot and and stuff. And stuff. <laughs> there was leaves and gook and stuff. But I actually think I'm going to make another one because this one I did the green sand that I made, and it came out a little bit too coarse. I think. Anyway, so I'm going to get some, I actually ordered some off Amazon, some like real high quality, high temp green sand for molding. And I think I want to make a different one because this one has some, some pockets in it, some uh, voids from doing the casting where sand just either didn't get close enough or maybe it clumped up. And, um, and I can't, I would have to sand off too much material off of the head in order to get them out. So, but it's you can always try and fill it as well. Like, you know, like with a blowtorch or something like that and get a little dab of brass. Or, oh. um, but yeah, they're, yeah, pouring and foundries are like a whole art and science in and of themselves. There's different screen grades as far as fine versus coarse for the casting sands. But then also if there's any contaminants in the metal itself or if there's any moisture in the sand or... I mean, it, there's a there's a lot of factors that go into it. Sometimes with certain castings, you have to like pre-cook the mold, so get it up to temperature, so you're not shocking the mold. Interesting. So one one of the dilemmas that I had was finding a sifter with a small enough mesh on it. So that was definitely one of my problems, is because everywhere I looked. Um, that they're just not very small. And so I could have made my own, but I was like, well, you know, I just, I'm going to go ahead and give this a go, move forward with it and try it out. Yeah. But anyways, it's really cool because I still have tons of, of handles left. So I might make a, a few extra or Cody, I think wants one now, but instead of an ax, he wants, um, I don't know. I was thinking of maybe like a gear gear for since he's an engineer or maybe even like a dumbbell because he lo likes to work out. So I don't know. Gear would be really cool. A lot of yeah. lot of filing in, in and around the insides and, and, and then teeth and whatnot. But I think a gear would look really great. I think a gear or even a little dumbbell. I don't know. I just like little miniature stuff that's heavy and weight weight to them. And since brass is has a good weight to it, you know. What a gear on a dumbbell. Like the dumbbell is the shaft going through the gear. Well, then it would just look like a an axle. A what? An, an axle? A oh, okay. Yes, there was an X, X <laughs> in there. There is an X. So <laughs> I'm like, wow, April's just completely gone off the deep end. Uh, you have influenced me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, speaking of br- like brass having weight, I, I discovered something kind of odd and funny the other day because I, maybe I didn't pay attention in chemistry class, but sulfuric acid is pretty heavy. I, uh, I bought some to, as, a, as a drain cleaner, and I picked up a quart bottle of it off the shelf, and I'm like, this is like three times heavier than water. This is so cool to grab a, a liquid, and it's just heavier. I don't know. It's just, it made me feel weak. <laughs> you weak human. You guys want to pop into some questions? Let's see. We got one from a David Finsler. Am I pronouncing that right? Finsler? Mm-hmm. Did I hear you mention on a podcast that there might be a woodworking show or meet and greet in Oklahoma? Do you have any update on this or any more details? Um, yeah, we talked about it. Um, Ted Alexander met with the city council um, Tuesday of this week and going through all the legalities as far as, you know, we had to incorporate to get the insurance and then the special event policy. And everything looks like it's it's going good and then the city council meets again in two weeks, and we should have a yes vote by then. And it's basically going to be a big, huge, out in the field, kind of like uh, a woodworking convention, but where um, all the YouTubers can make whatever they want. They can bring table saws and drill presses and routers. And so and essentially each YouTuber would have like a 20 by 40 or, you know, 40 by, you know, just a huge area. And uh, tentatively, let me let me look up the dates real quick. I wasn't ready for that question, but it's in June. And if it does happen, the tentative dates are June 23rd, which is a Friday, and June 24th, which is a Saturday, would be the days that would be open to the public. And I think the day before we would just be setting up and everything. But So, yeah, look forward to that if you're in the Oklahoma, um, like Tulsa area. Yep, Texas isn't too far away. Anybody in Texas could join. More information to come on that. It, people have been asking me as well that I've been kind of quiet on that. I Because I just didn't want to say anything because if, if the thing falls out of bed, I, I don't want people to get their hopes up and all that stuff. But should hear something hopefully within about two weeks. We got another one from Leo. Uh, Jew-it? Jew-it? Leo Jew-it. Leo Jew-it. <laughs> Hello, I'm a listener and enjoy the podcast. I'm an apprentice carpenter and amateur woodworker. My question is, how do you find inspiration for designing projects? I have a couple cabinet projects to tackle, and I'm having a hard time designing them. How do you do it? Inspiration uh, it can come in many different ways. Um, you, you can. Some people are inspired by architecture, some buildings that are already out there, you know, taking elements from their shapes. Uh, for me, what I do is I most everything that I do is based upon a need or something that my wife wants. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you just, generally, I just, I'm, I'm not one to go crazy out there trying to reinvent the wheel. There's a couple styles that I really like. I really like shaker style. I really like mission style and the, and the craftsman style. And you can kind of basically see what what's already been done, what's already out there on Google Images, and, and take a little bit of this. And I, and I like the overhang on this piece, and I like the... Um, I like the, the certain design elements from this piece or whatever, um, and, and then just come up with mixing all that together to fit your space constraints, to fit your objectives with the project. Um, but that that's for the most part. Other other than that, it's like, uh, yeah, just, just seeing what's already out there and, and, and taking bits and pieces of what you like. Yeah, 
just to further that, that's exactly, I mean, what interests you or what, what, when you're out and about, when you look at something, you go, wow, that's cool. And it just kind of piques your interest. Take notice of what is it? Is it straight lines? Is it, is there a lot of curves to it? Is it, is it asymmetrical? Is it, you know, look at the raw materials. Is it organic materials like wood and grass and bark? Or is it um, man-made, you know, compounds like metals and, you know, stuff like that or carbon fibers. And so just kind of make a mental note of the things that you like. And then when it comes time to build something, you kind of have, oh, well, I like the, you know, inclusion of metals with straight lines with an industrial look, you know, with rivets or expanded metal or anything like that. And then just, just build build whatever comes to your mind. Yeah, they covered it. I do the same thing. I look around like whenever I wanted a pantry, I looked around at everybody else's pantry for, I don't know, a week or two and thought, oh, yeah, I like how this one stores boxes. That's a good one. And I like how this one has pull out drawers and I like um, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, and also I want my pantry to have a wine storage spot. So I just modge podged everything together until I settled on something that fit my space and my likes and needs. Also, with that being said, though, don't um, don't rely on, on on comfort. You know, like don't uh, sometimes you know if you're just trying to get something done and it just has to serve a certain purpose, then then whatever. But if you're um, if you're making something because you just want to make it, then don't necessarily design it based upon. 100% comfort like I can do this challenge yourself incorporate uh, something to the design that you may have never done before as a learning experiment see if you can do it uh, and, and and try and expand upon designs as well and if it's something that you're trying to like do a t- like a, a, an example and I'll leave a link to my theater cart video but that um, for those that haven't seen it but my theater cart was a culmination of I, I literally had a little sketch pad and I'm like, oh man, it'd be really nice if I had, you know, this built in. Or it'd be really nice if I had this accessible. And that was a over two years, I think. I was adding and subtracting and changing. And and at the end of the two years, I really knew I wanted this, you know, included. I wanted this height. I wanted it this width. I wanted this function, this feature, this part. And so when I was done, at least at the time, it totally suited my needs, what I wanted. And it kind of designed itself because the, the form came from the function. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, function over form. You know, that's why I like the, the Humvee uh, military vehicles because they look like what they look like because they were specced out a certain way. So if, if you need something to be utilitarian, you know, it'll pretty much design itself if you know what you need it to do. Hey, on that point, can I bring up something completely off topic? Well, on topic, but irrelevant to woodworking? No. Sure. So do you know how Jeep got its name, Jeep? Uh, there's two There's two different methodologies. JP can you just general... say no, tell oh. us, April? No, no, tell us, April. Well, what I read, I don't know what you were just about to say, but it conflicts with mine. <laughs> but well, there's I was... two. Oh, okay. So maybe mine's yeah. a second. But there's a cartoon in the old days that was called Jeep. And it was this little cartoon character that could go anywhere and do anything. Um, and so whenever they came time to uh, naming the vehicle Jeep, they said, well, what should we call it? And somebody threw out Jeep because it can go anywhere and do anything. Yep. That's one of them. And then uh, just GP for general purpose and the enunciation of GP, GP, you know, Jeep. Jeep. Jeep, Jeep. Do you know the uh, Humvee, what that stands for? Uh, Humvee, no. High Mobility Multipurpose Wheeled Vehicle. 
Oh, interesting. I like Jeep better. Yeah. <laughs> Jeep's easier. <laughs> yeah. Let's stick with that. One syllable versus a ton. Okay. Back on topic. <laughs> How's the weather? Oh, it's beautiful in Texas. It's like 69 or something. It's, I, I just, I'm like, how's the weather? I didn't think you were actually going to answer it. <laughs> Don't back ask on, me. T- back on topic, but yeah. No, I, <laughs> man, it's, it's a giggle fest for me today. It's a good day. What can we say? Yeah. I hope everybody else is having a good day. Uh, Scott McHenry wants to know if he's uh, doing something wrong. Our older podcasts, uh, past episode 21, not available on iTunes. Uh, Jay said that he would look into that, but yeah, in case you guys are interested, uh, I'm sure you could formulate a playlist or check out some of the, the earlier podcasts that we did and maybe you could leave a review on iTunes as far as if we've progressed or <laughs> de-evolved. <laughs> <laughs> de-evolved. Uh, as far as the older podcasts, though, I, I will look into that. I, I wasn't aware of that, of some of the older ones not showing up. Uh, however, um, Nick and myself both post the podcasts to our website, so you might be able to go through uh, nickferry.com or jacecustomcreations.com and check out older episodes and we've been trying to get April to publish them on her site too but I don't know why she hasn't done so yet <laughs> I have never you know my website's now like four years old I've never posted a post that wasn't a tutorial I just it takes a little bit I guess of convincing to get me to deviate from my path well, there you we go. We could start with uh, the, a tutorial on how to listen to the woodworking podcast. <laughs> how to podcast. Uh, no. step, step one, turn it on. Step two, when Nick's talking, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start posting them on my website. All right, you guys got to hold her to that. So go over and subscribe to April's newsletter. And if she doesn't, you guys got to get on her case about oh, it. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and go ahead and hashtag either jeep or jp or gp i don't know jp where's gp come in gp general purpose oh yeah yeah you already forgot i did you can't hashtag you can't hashtag jeep that's just gonna get lost in the shuffle for obvious reasons yeah Mm -hmm. i'm out of hashtags i i I used them all up this month so i got nothing else and i'm out of jokes you're out of jokes jokes uh, well, I can mention again, thanks everyone on Patreon, and uh, for the uh, the $10 and above level, we're doing a one-hour uh, hangout after we record the podcast, so I'm looking forward to that. We had one or two people RSVP to that, so if you guys are interested in that, you can continue the goofiness there, and maybe April will tell another joke about bubblegum or whatever. I forget what it was about. You want to know why bubblegum is pink? Go for it. <laughs> Sorry, I love knowing the origins of things. Um, it was it, whenever the guy who invented bubblegum, whenever he like invented it, the only color dye that he had on hand was pink. So it was just happenstance. All right. That's it. That's all I got, guys. <laughs> I'll be thinking about that for the rest of my dust collection pipe install. <laughs> Speaking of which, I've got um, um, Sean Stone from Columbus. Uh, well, from Columbus. That's... Anyway, he <laughs> he's coming over to tomorrow to help with the rest of the Jay's pipe. Jay's not a cartographer. Yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway, so he's coming get tomorrow to help with the rest of the pipe install. So hopefully, I'm so excited, hopefully tomorrow all the pipe will be done. And then it is the annoyingly painstaking process of sealing all the joints. 
So some of it's going to be a little tricky, the stuff that's up against the wall, um, because it is six inch PVC. I'm, I'm supposed to, according to the instructions uh, off of the Clearview website, you're supposed to use a bead of silicone around the closed joint. That way you can cut it open and, and re, uh, reuse the pipe later on if you need to make changes or whatever. Uh, but some of it is against the wall, so I think I will have to use a combination of silicone and that really annoying metal aluminum, metal aluminum, uh, aluminum tape, like HVAC tape. Oh, the plumber's tape? No, HVAC aluminum tape. Yeah, you just just enunciate the CT at the end when you go in and ask for that. Be like, do you have duct tape? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'm I'm. I'm super excited to get this stuff done. I'm super excited to be back in the shop. I just, uh, are you grounding the pipe? No, um, that, uh, all the research indicates that, um, static electricity fires are, it's, it's like the absolute perfect conditions need to happen in order for that to occur. Um, if you go to the wood I believe that's the website. If not, I'll post the link in the show notes. Um, talking in depth about the myth of it um dust uh, grounding the system for me would basically only benefit for me to not get shocked by it however i i have never gotten shocked by any other dust collection system i've ever used so i i so my, you're saying the probability would be like getting struck by lightning withholding the big lottery check while you're winning the lottery um i can't calculate that but you know sure <laughs> I, I always contemplated whether I would... I, I had one dust collection system years ago, and I didn't ground it. I never got shocked. Um, I think that... Did we mention that in a podcast? Or that might have been the one that got that all fooey, but it's the, what is the, the stoichiometric ratio that has to be, like, absolutely perfect. And, yeah, I don't know if I would or wouldn't. Yeah, the... Uh, next one. I'll, po- I'll post a link to a, a very good article on the topic. Um, but basically everything points to the closest mixture of, of dust and air that you're ever going to have in your shop or in your dust collection system in order for a spontaneous combustion or explosion to occur is in your filter stacks. There's literally, it's, it's almost impossible to clear, uh, to, to produce as much dust that would be necessary for problems to happen inside the pipe with our, you know, woodworking machines. So, uh, anyway, like I said, I'll post the link. The, the, the article will describe it much more than, than me rambling on here. And with that, I guess we need to wrap this up. We are about to hang out with, uh, couple of our patreons so we want to remind you there's a couple different ways to stay up to date with the podcast you can go to the woodworkingpodcast.com and click on the subscribe buttons near the top and be sure to leave us a review if you are on itunes it's very much appreciated and like always we do appreciate uh we do enjoy reading the uh the responses there if you want to contribute there's a couple different ways you can do that go to the woodworkingpodcast.com and click the contribute button or go to patreon.com slash the woodworking podcast And I think that's it. So until next time, thanks for listening. You guys take care and have a good one. Bye, everyone. My current favorite singer is Sia. How long have you been holding on to that one? I just came up with it.